You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. AINC programming is brought to you in part by Weissman Family Dental in Boulder, Colorado. For over 25 years, Weissman Family Dental has been providing high-quality dentistry. They offer regular checkups, emergency care, and a wide range of specialty services. They also have staff that speak Spanish. If you are looking for a new dentist, find them at WeissmanFamilyDental.com or call them at 303-494-0101 and tell them Audio Information Network of Colorado sent you. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, August 17, 2023 reading of the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. News, the ones we leave behind. Children in Colorado are falling victim to a struggling child welfare and behavioral health system. By Will Matuska, August 17, 2023. A father and his son pull into the parking lot at UC Health Longs Peak Hospital in Longmont in mid-June. They don't have an appointment scheduled. In fact, they don't see a doctor. The father's goal is to leave the boy at the hospital. The child, who has autism, is reportedly still living there. He turned 14 a few weeks ago at the medical center. The adolescent is in a precarious situation. His mother is dead. The majority of his relatives live in Florida. He has shuffled between a few foster homes over the years. The boy's father isn't willing to take care of him. His grandfather told CBS News no one else in the family will take the teenager, including him, because of his own health concerns. Quote, Keeping the boy in the hospital is cruel and highly inefficient, and it's going to have a long-term impact on this young person, unquote, says Representative Judy Amabile, who received information about the boy's circumstances from an anonymous hotel hospital employee. Quote, it's just massive trauma. Your parent drops you off and never comes back, and then nobody else helps you, unquote. Details about the situation are sparse, because of staunch privacy rights that protect the boy's identity and laws that keep hospital and county officials from sharing information about people receiving care. But incidents like the one at Longs Peak Hospital are becoming more common in Colorado's overburdened and under-resourced child welfare and behavioral health system. Hospitals and other stopgap measures can't provide the acute behavioral treatment from specialized clinicians and staff that many of these children require. Quote, in our 41 years, we have never seen a crisis like the one we're in right now, unquote, says Dr. Becky Miller Updike, executive director of the Colorado Association of Family and Children's Agencies, CAFCA, or CAFCA, who oversees a collection of more than 40 agencies that take care of juveniles with mental and behavioral health issues across the state. The 14-year-old boy is being held at Longs Peak Hospital because there's nowhere else for him to go. There isn't enough capacity in residential treatment centers for him, and a rising number of other youth with complex medical and behavioral needs who require focused treatment outside of a home setting 
including those with Intellectual and Developmental Disorders, IDD. That means dozens of adolescents find themselves boarding in hospitals, county human services offices, and detention centers across the state each month. Some are sent to out-of-state facilities to get the support they need. The Children's Hospital Colorado frequently holds young people in its inpatient units. Quote, this type of story is all too common in Colorado, unquote, said Megan Cook, Director of Clinical Social Work at Children's Hospital Colorado, in an email to Boulder Weekly. According to the Colorado Human Services Directors Association, CHSDA, there were at least 69 children or youth held without a future placement in county offices, hospitals, or detention centers in June in Colorado. These consequences cannot be traced back to one crack in the system, rather myriad fissures, including an increase in minors with high acuity needs post-pandemic, limited beds in residential treatment facilities, and chronic underfunding to child welfare. Quote, there's concern that Colorado is failing these kids and these families, unquote, Amabile says. Higher need. Donovan Holligan is a social worker at Boulder County. He's been reaching out to more families recently to find ways to support them. Quote, these are kids and they need help, he says. They don't understand that they need help. <laughs> and I think we're doing them a disservice by making them wait six months to a year sometimes just to see a counselor, unquote. One of those families is Jennifer Beadler and her son, Connor Gruber, who turned 15 this year. Beadler calls her son, quote, a great kid, unquote, who's funny and finds joy in life. After years of failing to get a psychological profile, Gruber was recently diagnosed with ADHD, disruptive mood disorder, and is on the autism spectrum. Beadler says her son is very smart, but was challenging to manage growing up. He has physically hurt family members, including his three little sisters and Beadler, and caused thousands of dollars of property damage at his school. All the while, Beadler was trying to find a residential treatment center that could provide care for her son's needs per the recommendation of hospitals. But because she couldn't find one to take her son, even after pursuing out-of-state options, Gruber was forced in and out of hospitals that only held him temporarily. Quote, For a while, we stopped going to the hospital because I had given up, Beadler says. Connor would have some months where he would do really good, and we'd have some months that were just terrible. It was scary having him at home, unquote. On November 13 last year, as Gruber's behavior started to escalate to destroying property at home, Beadler dropped her son off at Longmont United. He stayed there for the next six months. Holligan, the family's caseworker, told Beadler not to pick up her son, as they were working to find a permanent place for him. Quote, there aren't places out there for kids, Holligan says, adding that half of the hospitals and adolescent treatment centers Gruber went to either closed or wouldn't take the teen because of aggressive behavior. Kids with needs like Gruber's are also held in county offices when they don't have anywhere else to go. 
when Holly Warren, Director of Family and Children's Services at Boulder County, was a caseworker 10 years ago, stopgaps weren't in the conversation. She says she was shocked when she took over as director and her team was discussing purchasing cots for the office. At the time, Warren didn't think the organization needed temporary beds because, quote, kids shouldn't sleep in offices, unquote, and should instead be in systems meant to support them, like a foster care setting, residential treatment, or at home with intensive care. But reality changed Warren's perception. Quote, youth staying in our office has become an inevitability today, unquote, she says. Generally, the minors who need care from human services have had a tough go at life. Many have experienced some form of trauma stemming from neglect, abuse, or adult substance abuse, resulting in aggression, depression, and other behavioral health issues. Experts call this, quote, high acuity needs, unquote. Kids with autism who can have complex care requirements because of dual mental health structure struggles and IDD are a niche within this demographic and are often placed in separate programs. Quote, it's really the kids who we know can't safely be in the community or in a family's home for now because they need more intensive treatment, unquote, Warren says. Cooped up. The most common stopgap facilities for children with high acuity needs in Boulder County are at county offices and in hospitals. Five youths spent 16 total nights in the Boulder County Family and Human Services offices so far this year, according to officials. Three kids spent 15 nights in the office in 2022. While stays are typically a few days, the longest stretched to 10 days. The youngest child was eight years old. About the same amount of children are boarded in hospitals, Warren says. These hospital stays are longer, usually a minimum of six to eight weeks, because these kids typically have the highest acuity needs, making them the hardest to find placement for. Hospital stays are problematic, but Warren says it's better than a child staying in county offices without trained medical staff or security. Quote, being in a hospital is actually safer than sleeping in a conference room in our building, unquote, she says. Quote, because of this crisis, those are the types of decisions we're being forced to make, unquote. It's easy to imagine how a hospital stay can be damaging to any child. Holligan, the social worker, says children who wait for placement in a hospital are treated like any other patient and are typically held in a quiet section of the facility to avoid impacting anyone else's care. Connor Gruber stayed in an emergency room bed at Longmont United. Quote, Sometimes staff would hate take him on a walk outside, Beadler says. They brought him games and things like that, but he was stagnant. He wasn't receiving any treatment therapy, so he just sat there in limbo while we tried to find him somewhere else to go, unquote. Beadler was optimistic a hospital in Florida would take her son, but was disheartened after it stopped returning her calls and emails. Quote, he was my first kid. He's my boy. I love him very much, she says. 
I fought very hard for him to have a future between calling hospitals and driving all over the state and just fighting for him. And it's been hard because there's a lot of places that just don't care." Unquote. Boulder County partners with hospitals to make sure these kids have online school, but the children spend most of their time watching TV or talking to nursing staff. Hospital staff try their best to accommodate. One even made a basketball court for a kid, but the me these medical centers aren't built to serve the needs of these youngsters. Quote, while boarding keeps vulnerable patients physically safe from injury, waiting in an emergency department does not provide the specialized mental health treatment kids need to help them recover, says Cook at Children's Hospital. In addition to delaying treatment and recovery, prolonged boarding in emergency departments can also mean extended absences from school and puts stress on both kids and their caregivers." Unquote. It also impacts the hospitals. In a statement, UC Health says the children's presence can take away medical staff and hospital beds from other patients who need care. Updike at Kafka says it's the, quote, quote worst case scenario, unquote, when high acuity needs youth lack therapy or stimulation, quote, that kid's not going to be better when the door opens for them, unquote, she says. A perfect storm. While it's the county's goal to find permanent placements for these youth, it can be more challenging when they have higher needs. It's common for treatment providers to deny adolescents with high acuity because the child may negatively impact development in their peers or may not meet specific admission requirements or the treatment facility may not have necessary resources like multiple clinicians and specialists. These days, Updike says it's common for these types of children to move to 15 or more facilities before landing in a permanent setting. Simultaneously, as need is at its highest, there are fewer facilities equipped to support this demographic. Since 2007, Nearly 50 residential treatment programs in Colorado have closed, amounting to about 2,000 less beds, according to Kafka. Centers that care for kids with autism are also closing around the state after a 2021 Joint Budget Committee decision lowered the amount of money distributed to centers starting July 1 of this year. Nearly 10 agencies serving children with autism have closed since 2021, according to the Colorado Sun. Part of the reason for the closures is a shift in the philosophy of how to provide care for children with high acuity needs. The Family First Prevention Services Act of 2018 was championed as, quote, the most significant reform to federal child welfare policy in decades, unquote, by the Children's Defense Fund. It aims to keep children with their relatives and emphasizes the importance of growing up in family-like settings, which is proven to provide positive outcomes for young people. Miller says the paradigm has shifted over the last decade to community-focused care that often doesn't offer the expertise preparation, or tools to manage these kids safely. Pro quote, 
Providers are pretty offended at how, for years, there's been this urgency to close residential facilities, she says. And then, suddenly, there's this crisis. Maybe we shouldn't have been shutting down so aggressively the past decade, but here we are, unquote. There's also a workforce issue. Updike says it's hard to attract healthcare workers and staff to a job that doesn't pay very well, starting around $20 an hour, and can be subject to abuse from the person they are supporting. Quote, it takes pretty special people to go do graduate work and social work, take out a bunch of loans, and then get punched in the nose by a kid, unquote, she says. Not fast enough. Warren is one of those people who has dedicated her life to helping people as a social worker. Nowadays, she says it can be, quote, isolating, unquote, to support the needs of the community when, quote, people and family needing care are fending for themselves, unquote, and it feels like there aren't solutions. Quote, at no point did I think anyone got into this field thinking their day-to-day -day work would be focused on getting kids out of a hospital where they've been for months on end, she says. It's just so far from what we believe we're meant to be doing that it can feel incredibly difficult, unquote. She's not alone. After nearly two years of fruitless efforts, multiple organizations, including Kafka, sent a letter to Governor Jared Polis on July 18, outlining the desperate need to ensure high-quality and individualized residential care for high-acuity needs children. Their cries come as momentum builds to find solutions via a child welfare system interim committee organized in the General Assembly and a working group composed of government agencies, providers, and hospitals seeking immediate and short-term fixes. Residential treatment beds have been added in the last year around the state through bills like HB 22-1303, but some say it hasn't been enough. Quote, The legislature is trying to help, so that's cool, Updike says but it's not fast enough for the kids that are in hotel rooms and in county offices sleeping, unquote. While experts say solutions to the crisis are complex, it boils down to a need for more money and resources directed to increasing the capacity of specialized care facilities and staff. Quote, to do what we need to do is going to be very expensive, unquote, Warren says. Despite the long road ahead, social workers like Holligan remain dedicated to their work. Quote, even if it doesn't go anywhere, even if I hit a wall, I'm going to try to climb over that wall, he says, because the children deserve that. They deserve a voice. They deserve someone who's going to advocate for them, and they deserve to get help so they can be kids and they can enjoy their life and not struggle, unquote. Earlier this summer, Thanks to the persistent help from Holligan, Gruber was accepted into Third Way Center, a residential treatment center for high-risk adolescents with complex mental health issues. Gruber lives in a small pod of boys with constant attention from staff and medical specialists. He attends school there and goes to a family session once a week with his mom. While their relationship is, quote, rocky, unquote, 
Beedler says her son is doing a lot better at Third Way. He made A's and B's on his latest report card and is becoming more involved in his care. But Beedler is concerned that her son could be removed from his new center if he becomes aggressive again. Quote, he's kind of running out of time, she says, as her son comes closer to being an adult. That's the way I see it. I feel like he's running out of time to be able to fix this and learn from it, unquote. Connor's goal is to get home. He's motivated by getting a job and his three cats, Sir Handsome, <laughs> Oreo, and Cocoa Bean. Quote, he wants to make his money and he wants to have his cats, Beedler says. Those are the things that are important to him. So long as he can maintain that, I feel like it's a success, unquote. News Roundups, August 17, 2023, by Kaylee Harder. E-scooters expand. Boulder will soon triple the number of Lime scooters and expand access citywide, bringing its fleet to 900 by the end of the month, according to an August 7 press release. The expansion comes after a pilot program in parts of East Boulder, Gun Barrel, and CU Boulder's East Campus, quote, showed that shared e-scooters help to reduce traffic congestion, reduce air pollution, increase mobility options, and serve as first and final mile connections to transit, unquote, a press release states. During the pilot, riders recorded more than 117,000 miles in total, saving an estimated 26,000 pounds of greenhouse gases. Community feedback during the pilot indicated concern about improperly parked scooters creating obstacles for those walking, biking, or using wheelchairs. As part of the expansion, required parking zones called, quote, lime groves, unquote, are being added throughout the city. The expansion is part of the city's shared micromobility program, a partnership between CU Boulder, the county, the City Chamber of Commerce, Lime, and B-Cycle. Quote, By providing shared e-scooters and e-bikes, our micro-mobility program aims to make it easier for our community to get around town, bringing the city closer to its transportation and climate goals to provide travel choices and support clean air, unquote, said Natalie Stifler, City of Boulder Transportation and Mobility Director, in the release. Quote, we're excited to bring this convenient transportation option to the whole city, unquote. Lafayette Camping Ban Challenged An unhoused man in Lafayette filed a suit in federal court July 31 after being ticketed for sleeping outside. The lawsuit is one of a number of similar litigations in recent years, questioning whether municipalities in Colorado have the right to penalize people for camping when shelter isn't available to them. In the suit, James H. Holmes Sr. alleges that laws in Lafayette violate his right to privacy and freedom from self-incrimination. Holmes also claims the camping ban amounts to cruel and unusual punishment, the Colorado Sun reports. 
In Boulder County, the most recent point-in-time count, which represents a glimpse into the number of people experiencing homelessness, recorded that more than 800 total unhoused individuals on January 30, 2023, with nearly 250 unsheltered. The previous year's total count was just over 450. The ACLU of Colorado filed a similar suit in 2022, alleging that Boulder's camping ban, quote, penalizes Boulder's unhoused residents' right to exist in any of the city's public spaces at any time of day or night by targeting the unavoidable trappings of extreme poverty, unquote, and therefore violates the right to protections from cruel and unusual punishment and endangerment when there is no access to shelter available. The Boulder Shelter for the Homeless has a maximum capacity of 160 beds, with 20 more available on critical weather nights. During extreme weather events, the city opens the East Boulder Community Center for additional capacity. Another legal action challenging the constitutionality of Fort Collins' camping ban was dismissed by a federal judge earlier this year. In 2018, the Ninth District Court of Appeals ruled that people cannot be punished for sleeping outside on public property when there are no suitable alternatives. That ruling is binding in a number of western states. The 10th District Court of Appeals, of which Colorado resides, has no such ruling. Local festival owner sued for sexual harassment. Former Planet Group Bluegrass employee alleges, quote, persistent, outrageous, and violent sexual harassment by Kaylee Harder, August 16, 2023. A former employee is suing Planet Bluegrass owner Craig Ferguson for sexual harassment, unwanted touching, and wrongful termination. The suit, filed by a 34-year-old woman on August 4 in Boulder County District Court, alleges that Ferguson engaged in, quote, persistent, outrageous, and violent sexual harassment, unquote, which began in early 2023. The plaintiff also claims that Zach Tucker, HR manager for Planet Bluegrass, dismissed her concerns and did not take action after the harassment was reported. The woman was fired 11 days later, according to court filings. The plaintiff worked for Planet Bluegrass from May 2021 to April 2023. Planet Bluegrass provides the state's largest roots and bluegrass events, including Telluride Bluegrass Festival, Rocky Grass, and Rocky Mountain Folks Fest. Telluride Bluegrass Festival and the Planet Bluegrass Farm are also listed as defendants in the suit. At least one former Planet Bluegrass employee has already contacted the plaintiff's attorney, Paul Maxson, to share, quote, important information, unquote, he said in a phone call with Boulder Weekly. He encourages anyone else with information about sexual harassment at Planet Bluegrass to reach out. Quote, that sort of information from other people who may have experienced the same thing can be extremely helpful in these cases, unquote, Maxson says. 
Karen Craven, a spokesperson for Planet Bluegrass, said in a statement prepared for Boulder Weekly that many of the allegations are, quote, flatly unsubstantiated, unquote, and do not, quote, accurately reflect the true nature of various parties' interactions or even the described events, unquote. Quote, our festival community is known across the country for its high standards and sense of integrity that values people most of all, Craven said. This complaint is unprecedented and in conflict with our history and our values, unquote. Craven did not respond to specific allegations within the lawsuit, which she said will be addressed in an, in an answer to the complaint, and said she, quote, simply can't comment on things purported to be true, unquote. She also said she could not comment on whether Planet Bluegrass is taking any internal action. Quote, we look forward to addressing this matter in court where the facts will prevail, unquote, she said. The suit comes after Ferguson was arrested in June for violating a civil protection order granted to the woman by a, woman, by a Boulder County judge in May. The plaintiff lived temporarily at Ferguson's home as a caretaker, but neither Ferguson nor members of his family lived in the home at the time, Craven confirmed. The plaintiff's role as caretaker of the home was independent of her employment at Planet Bluegrass, Craven said. The former employee is seeking, quote, compensation for the extreme emotional distress, unquote, Maxson says there is not yet a set amount of compensation the plaintiff is seeking. Ferguson's arraignment for violating the civil protection order is scheduled for August 25. Correction. We have updated this story to reflect that Craig Ferguson is being sued for sexual harassment. Opinion. Letters. August 17, 2023. By readers like you. Let's not recall Maxine Most. Louisville is lucky to have a reproductive rights champion on city council, Maxine Most. She's not attempting to make medical decisions or play doctor. Instead, Maxine is applying two bedrock principles, equity and inclusiveness, to medical care. Simply put, Maxine believes that equity and inclusiveness demand that pregnant persons have access to all evidence-based medical care. Recent articles in the Daily Camera and other newspapers share horrifying stories about women who need abortions to save their lives, being sent home to become sicker and their lives more endangered. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists unequivocally states that, quote, induced abortion is an essential component of women's health care, because pregnancy complications, including placental abruption, bleeding from placenta previa, preeclampsia or eclampsia, and cardiac or renal conditions, may be so severe that abortion is the only measure to preserve a woman's health or save her life. Unquote. And yet, not all hospitals, including Advent Health of Vista in Louisville, provide abortions when necessary to preserve the health or life of a pregnant person. Avista describes its care as, quote, rooted in faith, with a capital F, unquote. Advent Health, 
to which Avista belongs, is a major player in the healthcare marketplace. It is, quote, one of the largest healthcare providers in the United States, with thousands of compassionate professionals working to extend the healing ministry of Christ around the country. Unquote. Even though Avista is a nonprofit hospital and as such does not contribute any tax revenue to the city, and in spite of its failure to provide evidence based medicine, Maxine has done nothing to drive Avista from Louisville. Insinuations to the contrary are misleading. She is right to provide our community with accurate information, enabling pregnant persons and their families to choose whether to drive into Boulder. To keep Maxine, vote no on the Ward 2 recall. From Catherine Smith in Louisville. Colorado can set an example. Trump has traumatized the nation, Despite his flagrant and illegal attempts to overturn the 2020 election, he is, of course, running for president again and is currently the leading Republican. Could Trump win? Could he be elected in jail and then pardon himself? According to new research done by two conservative legal scholars published in the University of Pennsylvania Law Review, these questions should be moot points. After studying the matter for over a year, they concluded that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars Trump from running because of his encouragement of insurrection in 2020. MSN reports, quote, The legal experts also said that Section 3 is self-executing, operating as an immediate disqualification from office without the need for additional action by Congress, in, unquote. In other words, those responsible for deciding who is eligible to run for office can simply bar Trump from running as simply as they could bar a 20-year-old who isn't old enough to run for president. And the only way this prohibition can be overturned is by a two-thirds majority in the National House and Senate. Although the authors argue convincingly that Trump has indeed engaged in, quote, insurrection, unquote, Apparently, this needs substantiating by a federal judge somewhere. Then, we in Colorado need to insist that our Secretary of State, Democrat Jenna Greswald, enforce this law, this part of the Constitution. If we do this, we can, accept, we can set an example for the rest of the nation and stop the night, Trump nightmare in its tracks. From Paul Dugan in Boulder. See a mistake? have something to say, we encourage readers to contact us at letters at boulderweekly.com. Entertainment Stage Disabled Joy Front and Center With its furly, first fully produced Shakespearean play, Family Theatre Company makes an inclusive return to the DCPA by Tony Tresca, August 17, 2023. Maggie Whittam thought she would never act again after a severe brainstem stroke at age 33. The life-changing medical event was brought on by a cavernous angioma, also known as an arteriovenous malformation, while pursuing her MFA in acting at the Shakespeare Theatre Company and working as a freelance performer, director, and producer. Quote, I dropped out of school, 
my whole life fell apart, Whittem says. I moved back to Colorado and really didn't think I'd ever be on stage again. Honestly, I was quite afraid of the idea because of all the changes that had happened to me physically and psychologically, unquote. Her life was forever changed again when she met Reagan Linton, the former artistic director of Family Theatre Company, who extended an invitation for Whittem to join Denver's disability-affirming troupe, which exclusively casts disabled actors. Quote, The thing that sets Family apart from other companies is that there's always a check-in at the beginning of the day where people can be open about what they're facing physically and mentally, Whittem says. We are all disabled people, so we can't just show up to rehearsal and be on point 100% of the time and never have any problems, unquote. Five disabled students from the Betcher School in Denver who were dissatisfied with the dearth of theatrical opportunities for people with disabilities, founded the group originally styled as FAMILY, P-H-A-M-A-L-Y, Physically Handicapped Amateur Musical Actors League, in 1989. Mark Desette, who has been with the group for 34 years since its first show, 1990's Guys and Dolls, says the company has come a long way since. Quote, we've got a lot of new people coming in, and that's exciting to me because a lot of us are aging out of the whole thing, and we need that to happen because family wasn't here when we created it, and it needs to stay here, DeSette says. People with disabilities still do not get anywhere near the equal opportunity that an enabled body performer gets, and this gives them a chance to perform on a professional stage. We create serious, thoughtful work that allows disabled people to work in a professional environment and be seen as professionals, unquote. Shaking up Shakespeare. Although the organization's name has been changed to Family Theater Company, PTC, its commitment to exclusively fe- featuring actors with disabilities, including physical, cognitive, intellectual, and emotional, remains. Ben Rannan, the company's current artistic director, has focused on producing projects, particularly those that historically have prevented actors with disabilities from performing them, like its upcoming production of A Midsummer Night's Dream, in a way that highlights the individuality of each actor. Quote, Because Shakespeare is considered the creme de la creme, it has been off-limits to the disabled community, Rannan says. Even though there were four productions of this play last year, I was comfortable doing this adaptation because ours will be nothing like theirs. Midsummer has always been Shakespeare's most accessible work. It's the play with no rules. It begins as a straightforward romance, but then Shakespeare adds magic. While staying true to the text, we are excited to put disabled joy front and center in this adaptation." As part of its 34th season and return to Denver Center, Family's first Shakespeare play, directed by University of Northern Colorado professor Shelley Gaza, (coughs) stars a 17-person cast and tells the story of four young lovers who flee their controlling parents and seek refuge in a magical forest full of quarreling fairies. Quote, One of the most fun things about Shakespeare 
is that you can set it wherever you want. But I wanted to make sure we chose a setting that would further the company's mission, unquote, Gaza says. Quote, we landed on this idea of the 1920s. Midsummer needs to be able to go from indoors to outdoors and have the formality of the court and then the magic of the woods. I had this image of these Art Deco and Art Nouveau period greenhouses, which are these beautiful stately buildings that have wilderness just outside their windows, unquote. Additionally, the flapper era costume silhouette allowed for more flexibility than the typical Elizabethan era, which was essential because Gaza wanted the actors to be able to move around the stage without restriction. Family encourages viewers to join the fun by donning their best 1920s attire. Quote, Prior to this, we had been rehearsing in a very large conference room, so stepping into the Kilstrom Theater and seeing the lights, set, and other te te technical elements is just extraordinary. <clears throat> Unquote, says Widom, who plays both Titania, the Fairy Queen, and Hippolyta, the Amazon Queen. Quote, I know Shakespeare's not everyone's thing, but I love it, and I was studying his work in my graduate program. Having to drop out because of this illness was devastating for me, so to be in this big old Shakespeare production that's a full-on thing at the Denver Center is just very meaningful to me, and not something I thought I'd ever get to experience." Unquote. On stage, A Midsummer Night's Dream by Family Theatre Company, various times, August 17 through September 2, at the Kilstrom Theatre at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts, 1101 13th Street. You can get tickets at denvercenter.org. Entertainment Screen. You must remember this. As industry workers fight for cinema's future, Let's Preserve Its Past by Michael J. Casey, August 17, 2023. As you read this, members of the Writers Guild of America, WGA, and the Screen Actors Guild of America, SAG, are currently pounding the pavement in New York and Los Angeles, raising signs and rhyming chants to anyone who will listen. Most movie and television production has ceased, as have promotional campaigns. The work stoppage doesn't appear to be ending soon, and studios have started rolling over their 2023 releases to 2024. Time to prepare yourself for an odd fall and winter at the movies and on TV. The writers and actors are striking for many reasons, but their primary concern is the medium's future. They want to ensure that the movies and shows you watch and fall in love with are envisioned by human minds and feature human faces. They want to f the form to remain an artistic expression, not just as another generative mint machine for a select few. What can you do to help? Not much, really. I don't think a battery of calls to Bob Iger or Ted Sarandos will speed up a contract negotiation. But if you have the means, donating to the Entertainment Community Fund at entertainmentcommunity.org will go a long way in helping out the below-the-line craftspeople caught in the middle. In the meantime, the best thing you can do is help to preserve what we already have. 
The history of cinema is as fragile as anything else and in constant danger of disappearance through neglect or conscious erasure. And in an era where licenses change hands with every merger, with several falling into copyright limbo, and shifting cultural mores threaten our collective history, the best way to ensure that the American movies you hold dear remain seen and discussed for future generations is for those movies to be included on a list of titles that reflect, quote, who we are as a people and a nation, unquote. I give you the National Film Registry, NFR, at www.loc.gov slash programs slash national dash film dash preservation dash board slash film dash registry. Established by the National Film Preservation Act of 1988, the NFR is one of the many programs run by the Library of Congress. Every year, the National Film Preservation Board reviews thousands of nominations of American movies deemed, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, unquote, and selects 25 to add to the registry. Scan the titles and you'll find undisputed classics, Citizen Kane, Casablanca, populist favorites, Star Wars, Iron Man, and lesser-known gems that deserve a larger audience, Cooley High and Outrage. But as with any list, people tend to gravitate towards what's not on it rather than what is. That's where you come in. Anyone can nominate a movie for the registry, up to 50 titles per year per ballot. Nominations can be submitted all year round with the inductees announced in December. Calls for the class of 2023 have closed, but that just gives you extra time to start thinking about your 2024 ballot. And the best place to start is by watching these movies. There's nothing quite like spending a couple of hours revisiting a work of art that moves you or discovering something that moves someone else. Michael J. Casey's 2023 National Film Registry Nomination Ballot. To keep things tight, I submit 10 titles because it's a less overwhelming number. And since the only real rule the NFR enforces is that a movie must be at least 10 years old for eligibility, I dedicate one entry to that year. And for my 2013 slot, Inside Llewellyn Davis, excuse me, Inside Llewellyn Davis, my favorite film from Joel and Ethan Cohn, and one of the best movies about how the cycles of artistic progress will always leave some in the back alley. And for no other reason than that's just how the world works. We'll see which, if any, of these make the NFR cut in December. But even if they don't, the hours spent watching them are far from a waste. Hell, watch them tonight, and you might find them on your own ballot next summer. Number one, Merrily We Go to Hell by Dorothy Arzner, 1932. Two, The Wrong Man, Alfred Hitchcock, 1957. Three, The Naked Kiss, Samuel Fuller, 1964. Four, Chimes at Midnight, Orson Welles, 1965. Five, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, Sam Peckinpah, 1973. Six, 
Born in Flames, Lizzie Borden, 1983. 7. Los Angeles Plays Itself by Tom Anderson, 2003. 8. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Michelle Gondry, 2004. 9. The Tree of Life, Terrence Malick, 2011. And 10. Inside Llewellyn Davis, Joel and Ethan Cohn, 2013. Cuisine, good taste. Sorry, gotta bounce. Bounce Empire is a lot of things, including a good restaurant. By Colin Wren, August 17, 2023. Last night, I strapped on a full-body Velcro suit, and after charging across a 15-foot inflatable ramp, hurled myself against a Velcro wall where I hung suspended for about a minute. My colleague was balled up on the floor behind me, tears streaming down his cheeks from sustained laughter. The two of us then entered an enclosed ring where we launched a beach ball into a comically large caricature of a basketball hoop. There were stops along the way to kick soccer balls onto a 21-foot darts board, toss beanbags fit for Andre the Giant, and fling down a three-story velociraptor-shaped slide. Bounce Empire is a new indoor amusement park recently opened in Lafayette. Guests are greeted at the door by a 30-foot robot who looks like a Transformers character whose name no one can quite remember. Inside, there are 55 more attractions, including human-sized billiards, a boxing arena, and a 280-foot obstacle course that had my cohort and I foaming with competitive zeal. The conspicuously placed no-diving signs were the only thing that kept the race from getting entirely out of hand. My colleague and I are both in our mid-thirties. The grippy socks I received upon entry are still prominently displayed on my dash, scowling purple tornado side up, reminding me of the blood, sweat, and tears that went into claiming that victory. The whole complex, strewn across 50,000 square feet, includes a play area, a full-service bar upstairs, and a sports theater. There's also a terrace with outstanding views of the Rockies, where guests can enjoy food from the Bison Bistro downstairs. Quote, We're trying to take over the entertainment industry, says resident chef Jorge Pedrianes. I want to revolutionize how food is done in an entertainment facility, unquote. Pedrianis grew up in Miami, where he spent his formative years fixing and selling houses with his father. During 2008's economic downturn, he decided to flip the script, beginning his culinary career at the Miami Culinary Institute. He studied under the acclaimed godfather of Nuevo Latino Cuisine, Douglas Rodriguez, and cut his teeth at Juan Chipoco's Civice 105, along with the two Michelin-starred Italian hotspot Forte de Marmi. Since moving to Colorado in 2021, Pedrianis cooked in kitchens at the Hilton, Hideaway Steakhouse, and Baub Brewhouse. Quote, it's unusual to see someone with Pedrianis degree, pedigree running concession food. But since Bounce Empire's inception, 
Owner James Hay Arthur has made it clear that food would not be an afterthought. And with Pedrianas behind the wheel, Hay Arthur's culinary ambitions seem to be coming to fruition. The single-page menu is broken down into all-day breakfast, specialties, sliders, sides, and desserts. The kids' menu sits center stage. Quote, It's simple food, but it's the best, unquote, says Pedrianas, who likes to make dishes that don't lose their sense of sophistication by being approachable. So rather than offering kids chicken nuggets, Pedrianas serves maple miso chicken bites with sturdy yucca fries. The mac and cheese comes with a sauce that Pedrianas believes will have even the most discerning youngsters claiming it's the best noodle plate they've ever had. Pedrianis has also taken care to provide regionally inspired cuisine built for grown folks who truly care about food. The flavor of the Rockies, a $30 platter of Colorado bison ribs dripping in guava barbecue sauce served alongside elk sausage with mint chimichurri, yucca sticks, and a prickly pear cheesecake, is not only an immensely filling steal, but actually would be a fine fit on most of the new menus on Pearl Street or in Rhino. The ahi tuna bowl tops seared fish with lemon oil, wonton shavings, and sesame seeds on a bed of yuzu avocado mousse. It takes, tastes like South Beach, a surprising marriage of glitz and substance. To eat dishes of this caliber on a single-use container while overlooking the madness below can feel a little jarring. But the juxtaposition isn't bad. It's more that there's an overwhelming novelty to seeing two experiences, one fine and one funhouse, getting along so nicely. It's a little black mirror, but with enough bouncing, the urge to fuss over petty distinctions melts away. There are already plans to open another bounce empire in Denver within 18 months. But the vision doesn't stop there. Hey, Arthur intends to take the concept nationwide and already sees 30 more somewhere on the horizon. Events Lafayette Peach Festival 24th Annual, Saturday, August 19, 2023, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Old Town Lafayette on Public Road from Kimbark to Cleveland in Lafayette. Free. 24th Annual Lafayette Peach Festival, August 19th. Presenting sponsor, Intermountain Healthcare Good Samaritan Medical Center. Service dogs only, in compliance with the city ordinance. 24th Annual Peach Festival centers around world-famous all-natural Palisade, Colorado peaches. Enjoy peach pies and peach cobbler. Food vendors, crafters, antique dealers, along with some of the finest artists from the Front Range and Western states, will be showcased. Over 30,000 pounds of certified organic peaches from Palisade Organic Peach Ranch, Morton's Orchards, and Tate Orchards in Palisade, Colorado, will be available in three locations along Public Road. 600-plus pans of fresh peach pies Pans of peach cobbler and individual servings of peach cobbler are available for sale at Festival Plaza and in front of Lafayette Florist while supplies last. Peach truck locations at Public Road in Cleveland, Public Road in East Chester, and Public Road in Kimbark. Children's activities in two locations, 
free face painting by Face Fiesta and balloon sculpting all day, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Parking is in the surrounding neighborhoods. Please be aware not to block driveways or park in an area designated no parking. Thank you for joining us for the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.